Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. You would think at this point in the ministry that I've been in for over 53 years that there would never be a first, but this is a first. This is the first time I've ever preached a message as a direct result of a dream that I had Thursday night. You know, the, you know people say that uh, people who study sleep and all that stuff said that really you dream every night. But I, I, I hardly ever remember any dream that I've ever had. But this dream was a profound word from God to me. And I believe it's a profound and clear word for God, from God for every one of you here. It wasn't that, and the dream really wasn't that long. I, I was uh, with a friend that I know who was in uh, Cottage Hill when I pastored there. Hadn't thought of him for years, hadn't seen him maybe once in the last two years. But, but this individual was in the dream. And at the beginning, we were at this uh, really good place. It was a good place. It was a nice place. It was a good place to be. But then all of a sudden, it's like I realized it, but we're not in that good place anymore. And that in a matter of maybe hours, I don't know, that we're in a hard place. We were in a bad place. It was a difficult place. And I looked at this person. I said, you know, that was a quick fall. I mean, we went from here all the way down here, from that good place to this bad place. Man, that was quick. It was quick. And then the Spirit of God said to me, Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. I sleep in. And again, Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. I couldn't wait till I had an opportunity to get my Bible. Because I didn't know what Matthew chapter 12 verse 30 was. But boy, when I read it, <clears throat> immediately my spirit said, Boy, God, have you spoken a word to my heart and to the hearts of the people at Luke 4.18 and to the body of Christ in this nation. You say, Pastor, what is Matthew 12 verse 30? Look at it. These are the words of Jesus. He had been under attack from the Pharisees. He gives this verse. Then I'm going to go back and show you why he gave it. Now, this is the verse he gave me in the dream. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. Think about it. Jesus said, you're with me or you're against me. He said, you're gathering with me, or you are scattering abroad. Now, the context of that is this. A blind man and who also could not speak, Jesus had cast the demon out of the man that was blind and mute. If you look back in verse 22, and, the blind, and it says that the man spoke. Well, everybody marveled. They said, could this not be the Messiah? Could this not be the son of David? He just cast this demon out of this uh, man, and he's not only seeing, but he's talking. But then the Pharisees said, no, wait a minute. You don't understand. Jesus is casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, 
the ruler of demons. They said, hey, oh yeah, he, he cast the demon out, but he did it by the power of the ruler of demons, Beelzebub. In verse 25 of chapter 12, Jesus answers. He knew what they were thinking or saying. He said, but Jesus knew their thoughts. He said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. He said, if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. He is divided against himself. How can his kingdom stand? But if I cast out demons, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore you shall judge. But then he said it in verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is upon you. And then he went on and said, now he'd been talking about a divided kingdom, a divided house, a divided city. How they, they could not stand. How they would be brought to desolation. And having talked about division, he said, but I want you to understand about my kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not divided. My kingdom has one absolute solid centrality. Either you're with me or you're against me. Either you're gathering with me or you're scattering abroad. He said, there's no division in my kingdom now folks you know that that doesn't leave any middle ground <laughs> you know we're always looking for a little middle ground we all say that's uh, what some people call wiggle room where we can wiggle out of that no i'm gonna tell you something jesus said i know what it is for a kingdom or a city or a house to be divided he said but i'm going to tell you right now that is not true of me and my kingdom. He, you're either with me or you're against me. There is no division. And you're either gathering with me or you're scattering abroad. That made me think how that in other occasions Jesus had talked about that in his kingdom there was no division. That we were either with him or against him, gathering or scattering. You remember over in the book of the sixth chapter of Matthew, you don't need to turn. Jesus talks about, hey, my kingdom is not divided. You're with me or against me. In chapter 6, he said, either you've got a single eye and it brings in light, or you've got an evil eye and it brings in darkness. He said, there's no middle ground. If your eye is single, if it's a good eye, good things come into your spirit. If it's an evil eye, a bad eye. Know what he said? He says in verse 22, the lamp of the body is as the eye. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He said, you either got a single eye and it's good, it's for me, or you've got a bad eye. And it's... But then he said, now listen to verse 24. Remember the verse that God gave me in that dream. He said, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not gathering with me you're scattering and then he says in Matthew 6 24 no man can serve two masters you can't serve two masters that's a divided heart that's a divided kingdom no man can serve two masters he will love one he will hate one and love the other no wait a minute Jesus he said listen to me you can't serve two masters you're going to hate one and love the other 
or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He was talking about materialism. You know, I mean, this kind of disturbed me greatly. Because there are people who would say to me, I'm telling you, Pastor, I'm with Jesus all the way. But there's no fruit. There's no evidence that they're really, really with Jesus all the way. I'll tell you one thing, Pastor. I'm gathering with Jesus. I'm gathering with him. But yet I I don't see any evidence how that they're making a difference in the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus, couldn't you made it a little softer? Couldn't you made it just a little softer? He said, no. Because a kingdom divided won't stand. A house divided won't stand. A city divided. No, it can't be a divided heart. It can't be a divided kingdom. You're either with me or you're against me. You're either gathering with me or you're scattering abroad. Immediately I went back to the two passages in the Old Testament. You know one thing about Israel, they could never make up their mind if they were going to be faithful and true to God or chase other gods. You would think of all that God did for Israel, all the miracles they saw, all the hand of God, how you'd say, man, they're going to be steadfast and they will never waver. But I'm telling you, they, they would run from one false God to another false God. And, and, and it came to the point in the book of Kings, 1 Kings chapter 8, I believe it is, where Elijah just got tired of it. And, and he called them together on Mount Carmel. And I want to tell you what he said on Mount Carmel. Chapter 18, you don't need to turn. He looked at the people of Israel and said, I want to ask you a question. How long are you going to be divided between two opinions? If Jehovah is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then you follow him. Now you're going to say, well, I know what the people of Israel were going to say. They're going to say, listen, Jehovah's God, we're going to follow him. You know what it says in Luke, uh, 1 Kings 18? They answered not a word. Seems to me they would answer. Well, if Jehovah's God, don't be divided in your heart. Don't be divided between two opinions. If Jehovah's God, follow him. If Baal is God, but you've got to, you can't straddle the fence. It can't be a divided heart or a divided kingdom. But they didn't say a word. Well, then, of course, you know that Elijah got all the prophets of Baal. He called down fire from heaven, and the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifices. And the Israelites said, well, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And they, they, they acknowledged Jehovah as God, and then they killed the prophets of Baal. But it's just like, even in the Old Testament, he said, either you're with me or you're against me. Either you're gathering are you scattering? Then I got to thinking of that other great passage in the Old Testament about Joshua. Joshua was about to die. Hey, by the way, he was the one who led them across Jordan and into the promised land. And God gave them cities for which they did not fight and lands which they did not plant and crops and had blessed them. And here Joshua, as at the threshold of his earthly life, Man, I'm telling you, he he issued the most passionate call to these people. You listen to what he said in verse 13 of Joshua 24. He said, I've given you a land for which you did not labor. 
cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, since God has blessed you so, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And he said, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Listen to him. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But he said, I want to tell you, I've made a choice, but it's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And you know, verse 16, they said, well, far be, be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. But do you know what Joshua said to him? In verse 19, and this goes right along with this statement. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. They said, okay, Joshua, we got you. We're not going to serve those pagan dead gods. We're going to serve our God. You know what he said? Listen in verse 19. Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord. Well, you'd think, man, pastoring that church, he'd be so happy. They said, well, we're just going to serve God. We're just going to He said, you can't. You can't serve him. Well, why, Joshua? You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your iniquities or your sins. If you forsake the Lord your God and serve foreign gods, he will do you harm. He said, let me tell you something. You're going to have to make a choice. You say you're going to serve him, but you can't serve those foreign gods and serve the living God because God is a jealous God and he is a holy God. Woo. I want to tell you something. God is a jealous God. He's jealous over you. And he said, let me just say something to you. You need to understand You can't have a divided heart. You can't have a divided house. You can't have a divided kingdom. You can't have a divided city. He said, he that is not with me is against me. You say, no, Brother Fred. I I respect Jesus. I admire Jesus. He did a lot of good things. But you don't understand. I have my own life. I have my own plans. I have my own future. I mean, I, I, I'm not against Jesus. I, I just really, he's just not a priority in my life. He's just not someone that, 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 that takes precedence in my life. I just have other things that are more important to me than Jesus. Now, you need to understand, I'm not, I'm not against him. Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. Well, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not to scattering abroad. I'm not hindering the kingdom of God. I, oh, he said, if you're not gathering with me, he said, you're scattering abroad. I'm going to ask four questions this morning. I asked him to myself, after this dream, Jesus asked the question, and I'm going to ask you. Here's the title of this message. Are you with me? Are you with me? Jesus is asking you, are you with me? He's asking that question personally. Are you with me? Fred, are you with me? To you, it it, it is a very, very special and personal question. Eternity hangs in the balance. Are you with me? Are you 
against me. Now, we'll answer the question personally. Jesus said, are you with me? Well, Lord, how can I know that I'm with you? Now, that is a good question. Well, I, I, I go to church on Sunday, praise God. That, that's, that's good. I do this or that. But let, let me just say this to you. I got to thinking the evidence that you're with Jesus. First of all, it means this. Are you with me? Are you gathering with me? You know what that means? It means that he's the Lord of your life. He's the ruler of your heart. That he sits on the throne. It is not self on the throne of your heart. No, you've made a deliberate choice by the power of the cross. It is Jesus that sits on the throne of your heart. And your life does not revolve around yourself. Your life revolves around the Son of God. Are you with me? Are you, am I the Lord of your life? Are you with me? Well, what do you mean, Lord? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Just let me ask you. Are you seeking first your kingdom? Or are you seeking first my kingdom? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? He said, are you with me? Am I the Lord of your life? Are you with me? Are you seeking first my kingdom? Knowing that that is the absolute, I can't have a divided kingdom. And then he asked you, said, let me ask you this. Does your lifestyle and the pattern and the purpose and the will of your life, is it guided by my word, the word of God? Or is your lifestyle and your purpose guided by the world system that you lived in? He said, my children are in the world, but they're not of the world. And their lifestyle, a lifestyle that is holy, a lifestyle that is obedient, a lifestyle that seeks to honor me, they do not allow the world to squeeze them into its mold. No, their lives are molded by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God and by the presence of God. Are you with me? He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers with me, if you don't gather with me, you scatter abroad. He says, are you with me? Folks, I want to tell you something. You can't serve two masters. If you have a divided heart, then you're just saying, I'm not a part of the kingdom of God. Because my heart's divided. I'm, I'm not against Jesus. Oh, yes, you are. If you're not with him, you're against him. Now, I didn't say that. He said that. Well, let me go on to another, another question. So he asked you, are you with me personally? And you have to answer that. Then, then he asked this to the church. To the body of Christ, are you with me? Now, if you're not with me, you're against me. To the church, are you gathering with me or are you scattering abroad? He said, I want to know. I am, are you with me? He's, he's asked that to the body of Christ. You say, that's a ridiculous question to have to ask, quote, quote, unquote, the church. Or to have to ask uh, the body. But no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You are not, we, we have a choice. Now, th this is, when Jesus asks the church, are you with me? Are you gathering with me? This is what he is saying. Your purpose, your plan, your direction, 
Everything you do, is it guided by my Holy Spirit and the standard is the Word of God? Are you in the world as a church but not of the world? Are you changing the world or inviting the world into you? He, he has a word for his church. Now, if you're with me, then you know that I'm the head and I'm the ruler and the church belongs to me and the church does not ask the world what it's supposed to be. The church looks to the living God and says, what am I supposed to be? Some places they go take a survey in the community and say, what kind of church do you want? And then have one under God. Where did you ever see that? In the Bible. The disciples were so full of God that they said the people that turned the world upside down have come this way. And they put them in jail because they were followers of the Son of God. Jesus said to the church, are you with me? Am I your head? Am I your Lord? Do you get your directions from me? It is the passion of you as a church to please me and to glorify me. Do you understand it's my money and you only do with it what I allow you to do? Do you understand that you are to be light in this world and you're to be salt? I want to ask you something. He says to the church, are you with me? Are you light? Are you pushing back the darkness or compromising with the darkness? Are you salt? Are you stopping decay? Or are you lost your saltiness? Now, folks, listen. You know, I, I had to ask God. This, this is a pretty strong word, Lord. Matthew twelve thirty. I didn't know what it was going to say. But it's almost like he said, let me tell you something now. You can't have a divided heart. And you can't have a divided kingdom. And you can't have a divided house. And you can't have a divided. They've come to desolation and they do not stand. He said, so I'm going to tell you about my kingdom. There's no division in my kingdom. Either you're with me or you're against me. Either you're gathering with me or you're scattering abroad. There was a third question. He says, are you with me personally? He asked the question, are you with me as a church, the body of Christ, I mean, are you really with me now? Are, are you letting the world dictate who you are and what you do? Or are you so bound to me that you rise above the world and you are an influence and the world doesn't influence you? That's a good question for the church to answer. But then he asked the third question. He asked it to the family. Because, you know, you, you take the church and the family. Society rises or falls on, on what happens in the church and what happens in the family. So he would say to the husband and wife, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you gathering with me? Or are you scattering abroad? You know, I got to thinking about the husband and wife. Did you know uh, a marriage that is divided can't stand? It, it, it becomes a desolation. You know, you can live in the same house with a man or woman and be divided from them. But Jesus says now, I want to ask you as a couple, are you with me? Now, now that means a lot of things. But let me tell you two things it means. According to the scripture, Jesus, are you with me? He's saying to the husband, do you love your wife and do you lead her? And he's asking the woman, do you respect your husband? And that's a big word. And do you follow him? 
Because the Bible says in the last part of that of chapter in Ephesians, see to it this way, husband, that you love your wives, and wives, you see that you respect your husband. Love and respect, if that's not present between a husband and a wife, guess what? You've got a divided house, and it won't stand. Are you with me and your family? Are you with me? Are you gathering with me? And then I got to think to this. I believe the, also, the greatest opportunity and the greatest responsibility in the world is to raise children. God did not charge the church or society to raise your children. God charged you as a couple to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of God. And they said to us, train them up in the way they should go. I am telling you, you cannot pass the responsibility of training your children and the ways of God and the things of God. The church is to help. And you sure can't count on society. I'm telling you, it rests squarely in your lap. And you become the godly influence and teacher for your children. Because if you don't, the world will absolutely destroy them. Are you with me? Are you, are, are you living the word of God before your children? Are you teaching your children that the most important thing in this world is not to be popular or to be one of the crowd? The most important thing in this world is to love God and to love Jesus and to be holy. I'd rather be, you be a woman of God than a cheerleader. I'd rather you be a man of God than a football hero. I'm telling you, if you get all of that and you're not a man of God or a woman of God, one day your life will just be wasted and scattered. Listen, I believe with all my heart, Jesus is asking to us as families, are you with me now? Are you with me? Are you going to let me be the standard for your home? Are you going to do that? He's asking us, are you with me? And are you gathering with me? Well, I don't know, Lord. He said, well, then if you're not with me, you're against me. And if you're not gathering, you're scattering abroad. Here's the last question. Are you with me personally? Are you gathering with me? To the, to the church, are you with me? Are you gathering with me? To, to, to our families, are you with me? Are you gathering with me? But then he asked it of our nation. Isn't it interesting? A kingdom divided against itself will come to desolation. That's what Jesus said right before Matthew 12, 30. A city that is divided cannot stand. Never in our history have we seen such obvious division as in the last two or three months. Just absolute chaos and confusion and division. And so he asked America, are you with me or are you against me? Are you gathering with me or are you scattering abroad? It's like God says, let me ask you, America, are you chasing other gods? Are you chasing the God of materialism? The God of hedonism that says pleasure is the highest goal? Are you chasing the gods of secularism? 
Are you chasing the God of socialism? Don't you know, (laughs) Joshua said to those people in Israel, you can't serve God. You can't. As long as you have those foreign gods that are your God, you can't do that. He said, you've got to choose between the foreign gods and the living God. America says, no, we're not against God. We're not against Christ. Don't tell me that. If we're not with him, we're against him. If we're not gathering with him, we're scattering abroad. He asked our nation, are you with me? Are you with me? He says, are you, are you remembering what Rick spoke to earlier? How of the great awakening, I, I, I birthed this nation. Then after slavery, out of the great awakening, he birthed the nation again. And how we were, we were blessed, not because we were bigger or better. It was because God had a place of favor in this country. This breaks my heart. I'm telling you, God has no favor in this nation. We're not with him. We're against him. As a nation, I'm telling you, all the decisions that are made by the courts are against him and the moral standards of a holy God. God bless America. Why? Why should he? He said, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you don't gather with me, you scatter abroad. Absolutely right, Rick. The only hope we have is for there to be a great awakening. God did it before when it was real dark. And God can do it again. God is our greatest threat, right? But he is also our greatest hope. And I'll tell you, as I, I watched about three hours of the response on God TV. I could pick it up on channel 365. And I saw those thousands of people. Immediately. And I found when God is in something. You're not neutral. You're not neutral. And, and I was trying to study and watch that. But I couldn't study. And I'm telling you, I found that I just wept. I couldn't stop weeping. And I've learned one thing about tears. Sometimes it's the tears of God. I said to somebody, they said, Brother Fred, every time I've gotten right with God, and every time I think about God and Jesus, I just weep. I said, you know, those are God's tears. And, and I'm telling you, I just couldn't. Because I believe that the heart of God is broken. It is broken. Over a nation that has forgotten God. And he asked us, well, are you with me? He said, if you're not with me, you're against me. And, and I am saying, we, we could get full of despair, but no, no. What we've got to do is... I love what the governor of Texas said. He read scripture. It was non-political. He just read scripture. Ephesians. Joel. Call a fast week. And he made this statement. And it was profound. He said, God, you have called us to repent. And then he kind of pointed across those 40,000 people. 
This is our response for you calling us to repent. Boy, I got hope. I got hope. And I believe there were thousands of others all across this nation that said, God, we're, we're down to the wire. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I mean, we really don't. All this mess about the downgrading of our credit rating. My Lord, if I owed 44 cents every, every dollar I had, I wouldn't have no credit rating. <laughs> the question is, are you with me? Are you with him personally? Are we with him as a church? Are we with him as a family? And under God, maybe this is the beginning that God would turn us again, revive us again, that there would be a great awakening and that we would turn back to God, that we would turn back to God and we would repent and God would have favor and God would have mercy and God would restore. He is our only hope, y'all. You say, Brother Fred, you know, at our age, I'm 70, it, it, it don't make, oh, listen, but what about you? It does make a difference. What about your grandchildren? What about the teen? Listen, let me tell you something. They, not, they, didn't, they weren't born into the world you and I grew up in. I'm telling you, they're living in a different world and a different nation. And I guarantee you, if there's going to be any hope for them, there's got to be a turn from the people of God back to God. And God has got to have mercy on this nation. And we've got to have a revival. Or if we don't, I am telling you, there's no hope whatsoever apart from the living God. No hope whatsoever. So the question is, are we going to be with him? If you're with me, and you're gathering with me, under God, we're not going to be against him. And under God, we're not going to scatter. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, I have to reassess my own life when God gave me that dream. I had to say, now, Lord, am I with you uh, 80%? <laughs> am I with you half? Now, Lord, am I with you? Am I, I, I'm not cold, Lord. But I'm not hot. He said, well, no, now you don't understand. If you're lukewarm, you're not with me. So we have to have a personal examination by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want you to answer. Does your life and your lifestyle, who you are and the way you live, does it say, Jesus, man, I'm with you all the way. Lord Jesus, you know it and I know it. Lord Jesus, I'm with you all the way. You say, well, Brother Fred, I think I've been struggling. I think I've been de dealing with a divided heart. So God is speaking to me. I want to ask you a question. Will you make a deliberate choice to go all the way with Jesus? I mean all the way. Not part of the way, all. I'm going to be with you, Jesus. I'm going to seek first your kingdom. I'm not going to let the world squeeze me into its mold. I'm going to live a holy and a righteous life in an unholy and unrighteous world. Now, Jesus, I want you to know I've wavered, but I'm telling you, I'm making a choice. And I'm with you, Jesus, all the way. All the way, Jesus. All the way. Not cold. Not lukewarm. Hot. <laughs>
I'm with you, Jesus. That is my choice. Give me the grace and the power not to waver. We make that decision and choice as a church. That we'll obey God rather than men. That we will not operate of the fear of men. We'll operate in the, in the glory and power of God. And then you've got to make that choice in your family. Am I going to let the, kid, the world influence and raise my children? Or am I going to be the one that God uses to do that? And I'm going to see, I'm going to raise a godly generation. A godly generation. And I guarantee you our nation is at the crossroads. And we better cry out to God. We're tired of being against you. Lord God, we want to be with you. May God have mercy on us individually and as a nation and turn our hearts back to him.